0: great to have you guys here today. Thanks so much for showing up and being a part of our services here this weekend. I just want to pray for you real quick, man. If you came in and you got maybe some things going on in your life or your heart, facing some challenges, I just want to pray that God is going to show up today this is what we believe. We believe every week when we come together, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that this is intended to be more than just a gathering of people. This is intended to be a place where God can show up and change lives, restore hearts, fix people, and make us whole. And so if you're here today, man, and you need God to do something in your life, in your home, in your marriage, I just want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful that, God, we don't have to live this life alone. God, you promise to be with us, to be our shield, to be our rear guard, to be the strong tower we can run into and be found safe. And I pray for every person God in this room, every person online who's watching, I pray in Jesus' name that God they would experience your presence in a profound way that'll change their life. Lord I pray God that you move through this message and you speak to hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. amen. Listen, man, it's great to be here today. Let me just ask the question as we jump in uh, to this series. How many people in in the house and this is where I'm at and you guys know this. I've been talking about this, but how many of you guys in the room are are actively actively trying to be active, like you're working out, you're in a gym, something like, like a, a lot of hands are like, wait, never mind. <laughs> Wave at me. if like, you're trying to be active. Wave at me. About four of you, the rest of you, gonna, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're in trouble. So, <clears throat> so here's what I found out, right? So, you know, I've been trying to do the gym thing, been just been doing, you know, pretty good, trying to make, make it happen. Here's what I found out is that there are, um, there are a lot of people that have gym memberships and don't use them. I'm just telling you, if you have a gym membership that you're paying for and you never go, the people who own the gym love you. Like, you're awesome. You don't wear out any equipment and you send them money every month for nothing. You're like the best. But there's some people, watch, there's some people that have a gym membership and they actually go to the gym. And for all of you, maybe if you've gone through this cycle where, um, and, and this, is, this is the cycle, you know, like as it, as it starts coming into the new year, People realize, wow, I look really bad after eating all of that Thanksgiving turkey and holiday ham. I need to, like, lose some weight. So everybody rushes to the gym the first of the year. Then that starts tapering off, right, after a couple months. And then summer comes, and you start looking in the mirror without a shirt on, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to go to the beach soon. I better get back in the gym. So, like, membership goes back in the summer. But, but here's what I have found out, and, and I have seen this, that there are people who have a gym membership. There are people who go to a gym but they don't change, and here's why. Like, there's always a handful of people that are in the gym that they just stand around. Like, they, like, their job in the gym is to hold the machines down. Like, they come in, they throw a towel on their shoulder, they walk around and just lean on machines, and like an hour after that, like, they walk out and actually pat themselves down. Woo! The, gym I'm, like, like the gym I go to, just like a couple stores down, there's a pizza. I've seen people walk out of the gym and go to pizza and then they'll ask this question, if you had a conversation with them, hey, hey you know, and maybe not just my gym, but your gym, but just, just people, hey, how's it going? They're like, I don't understand it. Like, I go to the gym every day, and I'm not changing. Right? Come on. Here, and here's, here's what I know. Here, here's what I know is, is, is for me, it's, it's not just enough to be a member at a gym, and it's not just enough to even show up at the gym, because there's a lot of people that are members at churches, and a lot of people that show up to churches, but never really change and here's what I have found out and here's what you know is true and and it's it's true physically in our lives it's it's true in our marriages that that uh, that you can be a part of a marriage but until you start putting forth some real effort you'll never really change and here's the here's the truth about you know just trying to be conscious about you know maybe trying to make some physical changes in your life is this not easy there's some things you have to embrace and there's some things you have to resist And I don't know about you guys, but, like, I hate eating right or even trying. Like, I hear a song on the radio, and I start thinking about food. Like, oh, I found myself a cheerleader. It's like I hear a cheeseburger. (laughs) Like, I want to go to, like, Five Guys Burgers and Fries and, like, experience the cheeseburger. Right? Is anybody with me? Like, I hate eating right. Like, I'd rather eat. Heaven is going to be this. Heaven is going to be you can eat as many cheeseburgers. And pizza that you want and like six packs abs for eternity. I'm just telling you that's a part of heaven. But here on earth, listen, you, there's things you got to resist. Come on, say it, things you got to resist. And there's things you have to embrace. I hate working out. I have to talk myself into it the whole time. I got to like just like force myself to get there. The whole time I'm working out, like in my mind, I'm like, I hate this. This is awful. Is this over yet? I'm like 13 seconds into my workout praying it would just end. And there's people I go with my wife sometimes and she wants to talk while we work out. Listen, we can talk or work out. I don't have the oxygen capacity to do both. You know, so, so Steve, what do you think about, you know, I'm like. <sighs> so here's what I think. <laughs> you know, and when I, when I do weights, I always move like the pin down like three or four levels. So when the next person gets there like, dang, he's strong. That's just, that's just a confession. Some of you say, does he really do that? I'm telling you, I do. I just can't help it. I know it's wrong. I do it every time. <laughs> totally true story. So, so listen, here, here's what I want you to think of. Here's what I want you to think of is that, that if you really want to experience new life, you have to experience and embrace a new lifestyle. And if you'll embrace a new lifestyle, you can have a new life. But the same way there are people who have gym memberships and go to the gym but never change, there are people who have church memberships and go to church and never change. And it's because today we're going to talk about, and through this series, this key component that all of us are missing. For the next several weeks, I want to talk about this thing. The Bible uses this word throughout the New Testament, this word fruit. Everybody say fruit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what that means is this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is for us to display the character of Christ in our life. For us, in the way that we live, in the way that we act, in the way that we treat people, in the way that we operate and live in our world, in our marriages, in our home, in the workplace, that we display the character of Christ. What the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, what fruit is, when the Bible talks about it, it basically means this, that there is external evidence to internal change. Let me say that again. That there is external evidence to internal change. Which means if you're here, and I'm not saying this judgmentally, I'm saying this This message is as much to me as it is to you and to everyone watching online. Which means this, if you're here and you have a church membership and you attend church, that what God wants for you in your life is not just for you to show up on a regular basis and go back home, but God wants you to experience external evidence in your life that reflects the internal change that you've had in a relationship with Christ. That if we really belong to him, if we really are a Christ follower, that if we really are a Christian, there should be evidence in our life that we are carrying on consistently and regularly, though not perfectly, but the character of Christ. And so, I don't know about you guys, but it is a struggle. And so the Apostle Paul, he addresses this. I want you to track with me. The Apostle Paul addresses this in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And I want you to see this this morning. Read this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit do what? Guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So so watch this. He's saying in every single life in this room, including mine, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter how much you love Jesus, no matter what, there's always this battle and this fight and this tension that's going on in our lives that, that while we have the Holy Spirit who wants to guide us, Right. So when you get saved, the Bible makes it clear as a Christ follower, as a Christian, the moment you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity comes to live on the inside of you And his purpose and his function in part is to guide your life in the right direction. And at the same time, we have the Holy Spirit trying to guide us in the right direction. We're not in this thing alone, but we have our old sinful nature trying to pull us with those old cravings. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody here ever feel like you want to do something right, but feel pulled to do something wrong? Three of you. The rest of you are liars, and that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Watch this. Keep reading. The sinful nature or the old way we used to live before Christ. The sinful nature wants to do, come on, everyone read this with me, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. So what God is trying, what the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you into is totally opposite. North and south, positive and negative of what your old nature wants. Read this. And the spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Keep reading. Read it with me. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. So, so here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, and, and, and I believe this is true, and, and Paul says this. Paul says, hey, when, when I look at humanity, we are, we are broken. We have a sinful, fallen nature. But Paul says this. Paul says, when I look at people, I see people that have good intentions, I look at people that that generally want to do right. They generally want to they want to say the right thing. They I see people that want to have a good marriage. They they wanna they want to kind of raise their kids in a positive way. They want to be productive at work and and be they want to be uh, uh, they want to be prosperous in their life. He's saying I see people that want to be good to each other. He's saying I see a lot of people that have a lot of good intentions, but those good intentions often don't translate into daily living. I have good intentions all the time, but I want you to know my good intentions don't often make it into life. And he says, here's the reason, because there's two forces constantly fighting each other, that there's the Holy Spirit trying to guide us. He'll never push you, never make you, never force you. But the Holy Spirit will guide you to do right. At the same time, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, do that. Have that conversation. Help that person. Be generous here. Love that person. Go, go minister to that person. Go help your neighbor. While the Holy Spirit's trying to guide us, that old carnal nature is trying to pull us back. Watch this. Keep reading. And when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, every voice here shout this. The results are What? When you see somebody, watch this, when you see somebody who's following internally their old nature, the evidence is clear. Here's the evidence. If you're following your old carnal nature instead of the Holy Spirit, here's the evidence you're seeing in your life and I'll see in my life. Sexual immorality. Come on, read this with me. Impurity. In fact, when you get to your shout it out the loudest. Okay, don't do that. Sexual immorality, impurity lustful pleasures keep reading idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division are we talking to anybody yet anybody here ever faced some of these keep going envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these paul's saying here listen listen he's saying i want to make sure that i cover all the bases and nobody feels like they're beyond Those old carnal cravings that when you face these things, he's saying it's evidence. When you experience these things, when you live this way, it's evidence, not that you're following God, it's external evidence that you're following that internal old habit and old nature. But watch this. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a verse with all kind of tension. Read it with me. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. What's fruit? External evidence of internal change. If you have given your life to Christ, this should be fruit. This should be character that's starting to happen in your life. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Read it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Flip back to that last, last part of that verse. He's, he's saying there's some stuff that should be in your life if you are truly in a relationship with Christ. Now, there are, there are some things here that aren't always in my life. There are times in my life that I wrestle with that I, that I, don't, that I don't follow the, the guide of the Holy Spirit, but I fall into, you know, like these old sinful habits and follow my old nature. The Bible says here, and I think this one should be first, like this one right here, patience. Anybody feel like patience should be like first on the list? Wave at me. I wrestle with road rage. I try to keep it contained, and it very rarely comes out. I'm feeling it. It would just be nice at times to drive a tank and just... just Just have some, like, hood-mounted 50 cows, just just blow them off the road and drive by and beep. (laughs) Jesus loves you. And when I feel that way and I wrestle that way, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's my old, carnal nature. In your marriages, come on, guys, listen to me. In your marriages, men and women, do you know, do you know God, he's trying, he's, trying to, he's trying to prompt you and push you? He's trying to guide you to display the character of Christ in your marriage, in your relationships, but at that same time where there's that tension of our old carnal nature, if you are a Christ follower, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control should be coming out of your life. Here's the funny thing. We expect to be treated this way by everyone in our life. Isn't that true? We, we want to be treated by other people with love and joy. Some of you are going to leave here and go out to a restaurant. You want your waitress to be gentle. You want her to be faithful. You want her to be quick. I want you to know that we expect this from other people. God expects this from us. But the deal is, here, here's, here's the reality is, even though God expects from us, here's what he recognizes, we can never get there on our own. So the great news, what I want to tell you today is, is that while God knows we can't get there on our own, God wants to help you to close the gap from where you are to where he wants you to be. That God has sent the power of the Holy Spirit into every believer's life to help us to experience true life change that you and I will have fruit demonstrating that we truly belong to Christ. In fact, your fill in the blank is this. A person's pursuit of change is only produced by the Holy Spirit. Read that with me. A person's pursuit of change is only produced by the Holy Spirit. You have good intentions. I have good intentions. But it's the Holy Spirit that helps make those become a reality. So here's the question, what's the, what's the end game? If, if as a Christ follower, there, there should be this fruit, there should be this outward evidence of an internal change, what's the goal, what's the end game that God is trying to accomplish in our life? Second Corinthians, Paul answers this question. Here's the goal for all of us. He says, so all of us who've had that veil removed. Now, when he talks about this veil removed, he's saying there came a time in your life as a Christian where you thought you were good and you didn't really care what God thought. And all of a sudden, like, because someone told you about Jesus or you heard the gospel preach, you found out that like you weren't as good as you thought, but you really were a sinner and God wasn't out there somewhere, but God was personal, who loved you, who died on the cross to be our savior. Anybody here have that encounter where you figured out you were bad and God was good and God saved you and forgave you and made you his wave at me, wave at me, wave at me. So he's saying, there was a time you didn't think that way, but now you know it's true. You had that veil removed. Watch this. So all of us who've had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Read it. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Jesus. As we are changed into his glorious image. So so here's the goal. The end game of the Holy Spirit guiding your life and mine is that we consistently become more and more like Christ. That in your character, how you act, how you carry yourself, the conversations you have, the thoughts of your heart, the things that you do in your lifestyle, that it will consistently increase to become less like who you used to be and more like who Christ is. And then let me just tell you that, and this is important that we understand this, that that, that salvation, salvation, it happens instantaneous. That's great news. The very second that you say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I believe you're my savior. Forgive me. In one second, in, in instantaneously, you are forgiven and made God's child. In one second in eternity, you belong to him. Isn't that awesome? You don't ever have to do anything. You don't have to make anything happen. By God's grace, wiping out our sin, we are in one instance made his. So even though salvation, salvation happens instantaneously, sanctification is a process. So we're saved in a moment. Watch this. We are forgiven. We are forgiven in a moment, but we follow for a lifetime. Which means in one second he makes us his children, but then we're committed to a lifetime of becoming more and more like him And so let me just ask you a question real quick right here How are you in the process of becoming more like christ? When you look at your life when you look at who you are when you look at who you're becoming Are you reflecting more of your old sinful nature? or Are you reflecting more like Christ because the process, again, even though it's a battle, even though there's tension, the goal is, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that we become more and more like Him. Let me show you what God's commitment is. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. We call, I'm going to call this the spirit cycle. It I say the spirit cycle. Here's the cycle that the Holy Spirit works in every Christ follower, in every Christian, in every believer. He does this. This is what the Holy Spirit is committed to do. Say these three words with me. To cleanse, to cue and to create. First of all, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. You can't cleanse your sin. You can scrub all you want, baby. You can get out the peroxide, the borax. You can get out the red iodine. You can do what you want. There's nothing we can do with our sin. Our sin being forgiven is an act of God alone. And the Bible says in Titus 3, 5, he says this. He says, not by works of righteousness that you've done. Uh-uh, it's nothing you've done. He says, but it's by God's mercy that we experience the washing and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. So listen to this. It's the work of the Holy Spirit first to forgive you and cleanse you of sin. Anybody here experience God's grace of being forgiven and cleansed? Come on, y'all. Big y'all to get excited about that. You couldn't do it, but God did it. And then as he forgives us of our sin, watch this. Then he starts dropping cues in our life. The cues are the subtle promptings of the Holy Spirit whispering in our spiritual ear of what he's called us to do. Like there's times God will give you a cue. Hey, I want you to go talk to that person. Or God will give you a cue. Hey, here's an opportunity for you to be generous. Or or God will give you a cue. Hey, here's where I want you to step in. Or God will give you a cue. Here's here's something I want you to write to a friend. Or or God will give you a cue, right? And the Holy Spirit, that's what he's there to do. He's there to guide us and show us the right way to go. So he not only cleanses us, but he cues us. And watch this. It's him and him alone, according to Paul, that he creates, he creates fruit in our life. Again, people who desire, people who desire to pursue change, that change only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, cleanse, cue, and and, and create. That's what the Holy Spirit does, but watch this. We can never experience that without our help. Watch, watch. If God is committed to send you the Holy Spirit when you get saved, and he is, and the work of the Holy Spirit is to cleanse you, to cue you, and to create in you, and it is, then why aren't more of us experiencing life change? Stats tell us that in our nation right now, watch, that there are three, about 300 million people, 80% claim to be Christ followers. That means about, you know, 240 million people, a quarter of a million people say, like, I love Jesus and I'm a Christ follower. Here's the question. Where's all the fruit? Where's all the fruit? If God is committed, if the Holy Spirit is committed to do this process in our life, how come, I'm just going to say me, Steve, how come I'm not experiencing more fruit? Because it takes a partnership of us with the Holy Spirit to experience. Here's our part. So his part is to cleanse, to cue, and create. Read this with me. Our part, your job, my job, if we want to see God's character in our life, we have to confess, concede, and conform. Say that. Confess, concede, and conform. Which means this. Watch how this works. This is so awesome. Which means when we recognize that we're missing the mark, that we're falling short, that we're messing it up, that we're jacking life up, that we're not doing things God's our way, when we recognize what we're doing is wrong, our call is to do what? to confess our sin to God. When we confess it, what's the Holy Spirit do? He cleanses us. And as he cleanses us, he starts giving us cues and promptings and guiding our life. And when he does that, you know what our job is to do? Is to concede. It's like to yield. Okay, God, I'm going to do it your way and not my way. I'm going to follow you and not follow me. I'm going to take your path and not my path. I just want you to know this is incredibly hard. Right, the other night, okay, my wife and I, we just had a little disagreement. It was small. Police weren't called or nothing. (laughs) Nobody got taken to jail. Just a little small. And, you know, I went in the bedroom because sometimes it's smart to just walk away. You don't have to stand and and go back and forth, walk away. So I walked away. And when I I walked away, the Holy Spirit's like, you just need to walk back and humble yourself and say you're sorry. And I didn't like that cue, so I didn't do it. (laughs) I said, you just need to tell her she's walking here. If she tells me she's sorry, then I might just tell her I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? Come on. How many people in this room, be honest with me, wave both hands. How many people in this room have heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit lead you, encourage you, push you to do something, give something, say something, live something, and you didn't? Wave at me. So watch this. So it's the Holy Spirit's job to kill you, but what, what I have to do and what you have to do if you want the character of Christ is you have to concede. You've got to bend your knee to the lordship of Christ and say, God, I'm going to do it your way. And when you do that and you concede, you know what he does? He creates Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And all of a sudden, day by day, week by week, year by year, we start being conformed to the image of Christ. We start looking like him, talking like him, living like him, loving like him. That's our call. So, so while we're here to talk about the Holy Spirit producing fruit in our life, and again, watch this. This is so important. You can't do it without God, and he won't do it without you. You can't have the character of Christ without the help of the Holy Spirit. But he will never make you have the character of Christ without a yielded heart. So here, let me just ask you a couple questions here. How are you doing confessing? As you kind of live your day and as you go through and, and you know, man, I missed it, I blew it, I fell short. How are you at confessing and just coming clean to God, humbling yourself and saying, God, I blew it. God, I opened myself up to that temptation. God, I, man, I, I yielded to that old habit again. How are you doing confessing? Let me ask you a question. How are you doing yielding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit? In your life, as you hear and whisper to you, how are you doing saying, God, not my way, but your way? How are you doing conceding? Because until you confess, And until you concede, you can never conform to the image of Christ. So I know for me, as I'm wrestling through this, and I'm studying, and I'm praying, and I'm like, God, thanks that I'm not the person I used to be. God, thank, I'm so thankful that, man, a lot of the old stuff in my life is passing away. I'm so thankful God's allowed me to be a new person and have a new heart and live a new life. But I just want you to know, listen. There's still a whole lot of stuff in my life, in my heart, in my mind that doesn't belong, that doesn't honor God. And I want the Holy Spirit to come and cleanse me. I want him to continue to give cues to me. And I ultimately want him to create in me. And he cannot do it unless I assist him by confessing, by conceding, and by conforming. And when I partner and when you partner with him, he will radically change your life forever. So there's, there's, there's a question. This, is, this, is a, this has a, a church, has, has a, a charismatic foundation, and in charismatic churches, Pentecostal churches, there's a question that's asked a lot, and maybe you've heard this question. The question is, hey, do you have the Holy Spirit? I think that's an okay question. I think it's even a biblical question. I think a better question is, not do you have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have you? Does the Holy Spirit have you? Does the Holy Spirit have sway and permission to guide you, direct you, influence you? Does he have you? Fruit, baby, is fundamental. It's the key and the foundation of being a Christ follower. So let me, let's, let's sit here for a minute. Let me just ask you this question. And maybe this is your question. How, how, long should it take, how long should it take for fruit to start showing up in the life of a believer? Again, salvation, salvation is instantaneous. Forgiveness happens in a second. Following happens for a lifetime. How long should it take for fruit to start showing up? Someone reminded me of this first service, came up and and asked me this question. I'd shared a story, uh, I don't know, at some point. You know, I know right now, uh, Straight out of Compton, some of you guys don't even know what that is, but it's a movie that's out right now. It's about a group that was big in the the late 80s, um, a rap group on the West Coast, and it was all, man, their music is crazy violent, crazy vulgar, and there's a movie out on them. I'll never forget when I got saved. When I got saved, um, I'm just telling you, the night I got saved, I was instantaneously a child of God. I was instantaneously forgiven of all my sin. I didn't look like it. I didn't act like it. I didn't talk like it. Didn't, nothing like me externally reflected that I belonged to Jesus. But internally, I was his. But through the process of March 19, 1989 until now, I'm becoming more and more, showing more fruit in my life that I belong to him. That should be your journey, and that should be mine. And I remember, that, I remember driving down the road, listening to NWA talk about F the Police. It was one of the big songs. Don't look at somebody like, I've never heard that song. <laughs> and I'll never forget, man, I'm listening to this. I've li- been listening to that tape for a little while. And man, the Holy Spirit's like, you shouldn't be listening to this. You shouldn't be listening to this. You shouldn't be. He was cueing me. He was cueing me. He was cueing me. And I just hit the eject button and I popped NWA out, rolled down my window, and tossed it out. And the Holy Spirit, in a moment of me listening to his cue, now I'm not telling you all to listen to my cue. Don't follow my cue. Follow the cue of the Holy Spirit. And when I did that, man, the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit had that opportunity just to produce more fruit in my life. Are y'all hearing me? And so it's just, we're all on that journey. We're all on that cycle. And so here's the question. How long should it take for you to start demonstrating or showing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? And I would just say this, that if we planted a, uh, a peach pit in the ground, we would not be eating peach cobbler this Friday. Isn't that true? I mean, so Let's just be clear. It's funny, church people, like they see somebody saved and they expect them next week to come in carrying the big family Bible, like dressed perfect and talking perfect and living perfect, while then themselves aren't perfect. We expect it from everybody else. So while you can't expect peach cobbler this Friday, here's what I know. The moment you plant that seed, it will constantly and consistently change. And so here's what I want to tell you about fruit in your life. fruit in my life is be patient but be expectant be patient don't like beat yourself up and and don't allow the enemy to condemn you what's wrong with you you blew it again because you'll just get under condemnation man the enemy will put his thumb on you and you'll walk away but be expectant don't make excuses in your life for not living like christ expect to change believe you'll change Assist in the process of change. And you'll begin to see more and more fruit in your life. And that's the will of God for every person in this room. So let me just ask the big question, and and, and we'll end here and we'll come back. We'll come back next week. Here's here's the big question: Is Pastor Steve can I be a Christian and and there not be any fruit in my life? I gotta come down a step for this one. Can I go to heaven and not change? I just just want to say this I don't think we can ever ever underestimate the incredible amazing grace of God it's never any person's place to judge someone else's salvation ever and when you judge somebody else you put yourself in the place of God and I got news for you I'm not him and neither are you but the question question Can you be a Christian? Can you ultimately go to heaven without experiencing life change? Well, I don't think we can underestimate God's grace. I would say this. Can you experience religion and not change? Absolutely. But can you experience the love of the Father, the grace of his son Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit and not change? That's not what you see in Scripture. I'm not saying you're not perfect yet. Neither am I. Neither will any of us be ever in this world perfect. But we should be, and I believe this is the message of the New Testament, is we are saved by grace through faith. You will never go to heaven based on anything you've ever done or not done. You can't get there on your own. We are saved alone by what what Christ has done for us. But the message of the New Testament is when you take a person, and you infuse in them God's love, God's grace, and the power of the Holy Spirit, they will consistently and constantly change. Which means this, if you're here and you've been following Jesus for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, but you're not changing, am I saying you're not saved? Absolutely, it's not my place to, not to say that. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is, if there has truly been an internal change, there will consistently and, conscious and consistently be an external change. You and I will slowly conform to the image of Christ. Now, maybe you're not confessing, and that's what's holding it up. Maybe you're, not, maybe you're not concealing, and that's what's holding it back. But if you'll do your part, the Holy Spirit will do his part. I want to read one scripture, and we'll close. In Matthew chapter 7, before I read this, before I read this, I'm not giving you this scripture for you to use it all as a magnifying glass on someone else. This is scripture for you to use as a mirror on your own self, okay? Y'all hearing me? Not a magnifying glass on someone else, but a mirror on yourself. Read it with me. Every voice, every voice, every voice, front to back, side to side. You can identify them by their fruit. You can see what a person is like. He's saying there's a window to the heart of an individual by their external life. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. If you look at yourself in the mirror and your life is constantly producing envy, strife, idolatry, anger, impatience, then something is not right. And to tell yourself, but I go to church and I'm the member at First Baptist and I'm a member at the Methodist Church and I'm a member at Faith Church. God don't want you to be a member. He wants you to be a participator in the process of change. Read it with me. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Last verse, every voice Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. As you look into the mirror of that verse, with every head up and every eye looking around, as you look into the mirror of that verse, you're saying, Pastor Steve, there are some gaps in my life where today I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. To stop having bad fruit and start having good fruit. I want to be more like Jesus. I need to be more like Jesus. If that's you. I want you to lift a hand real high all over this room. Come on, don't raise it because anybody else is raising it. But if you're honest before God and say, God, I need help. I need help. I need help. I want you to lift a hand real high. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that has a hand raised. God, I thank you that you sent us the helper to every person. I thank you that you sent us the Holy Spirit. The work the change in us we can never work on our own. And so Lord I pray in Jesus name for us as we recognize the gap between where we are and where you want us to be. I ask in Jesus name that Father you will help us to be more humble to confess God more surrendered, to concede, and that we'll partner with our helper the Holy Spirit that we'll have the character of Christ in our life that will demonstrate to this world we belong to you. And so Lord, I pray this week that you'll start that work in every single life. I pray for you. I pray for you that you'll be sensitive to confess. I pray for you that you'll be sensitive to listen and to yield to the cues of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that through that, he's gonna create that fruit that'll be demonstrated in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Just with your heads bowed for one more minute. Listen, if you're here today and you've maybe never started this journey, I want you to know the Bible says this. The Bible says we've all sinned, every one of us. We all fall short. But the Bible says our sin, without someone to forgive us, our sin, without something to work over that, that we're separated from a God who loves us. And not just now, but for all eternity. But God loved you and me enough that he sent his son Jesus to come and pay the price for our sin. That through his death, you can be forgiven and I can be forgiven. That through what Jesus did for us, we could experience God's grace and his love. And I want everybody in this room to know that God radically loves you. And he paid an incredible price to make you his. And if you're here and you've never made a personal decision to say, Jesus, I need your grace. Jesus, I want your forgiveness. If you've never said yes to him, you've never asked him to come into your life Today, you need to. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. If you're here and you want to say yes to Jesus, I want you, listen, to be willing just to lift up a hand real high, not just to me, but to him. All over this room, if that's you, say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Today, I want to experience his grace. I want to experience his love. Come on, no shame, no shame. Come on, if that's you, I want you to lift a hand real high. Say, Pastor Steve, will you pray for me? I see you all the way in the back. Anybody else, come on, lift a hand up. I see you over here. Say, Pastor see, will you pray for me? I see you. I want to give my life to Jesus today. If you're here, man, and maybe you've been in church for a long time, you've been a church member, you've been a church attender, but you've just been playing the game. And today, man, you, maybe you want to recommit your life. You want to say, man, I, I, was, I was in my game and I fell off, but man, I want to recommit my life to Jesus today. If that's you, I want you to lift a hand real high. If you want to recommit your life to Christ. Anybody here? Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Thank you right here. Listen, we're just going to do what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we'll confess that Jesus is Lord and we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. If you lifted a hand just now, I want to lead you in this prayer. And I want you just to have faith. I want you to believe that God loves you, that he's going to forgive you the moment you ask, because that's what he said. And we're going to pray this prayer together as a church. Every voice here lifted this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me so I could be saved, so I could be forgiven. I believe not only did you die, but you rose from the grave, victorious. And because you live, I live. And right now, I'm forgiven and I'm your child. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed, come on, said amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.